Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 we're going to get straight into it. We had a lot of chat on Monday about the Frio game, about Ruben Jinby, about the direction of the club. So if you missed that one, please do check it out. Uh, pretty good episode, pretty long episode actually, but quite a bit of content at the front half of the week. We're getting into the back half of the week now though, so we will talk heroes and villains today. We will also talk the Melbourne game. Guys, off the top, before we get into things, uh, Keys and myself, Bender, we had a bit of a chat on Monday about coming out of the Frio game. The injuries, obviously, the big story for the week for the Eagles, uh, the direction of the club, some media highlights and the like. Where are you at with things? It's been an, uh, an eventful season thus far, and we're only really a month into it. How do you sit today compared to where you were maybe last week, two weeks ago, and, and coming in with the preseason? Uh, look, I, I think there was a, a kind of upwards trajectory after the GWS game that's kind of flattened out and maybe started heading downwards after the Frio game. Um, mm. And I think on, on Monday, you guys covered it pretty well um, with, you know, the, how proud we were of, of the, the guys running around out there that was that managed to stay on the field that, you know, without a rotation and still were competitive for at least, you know, into the early of the fourth. Um, but I think it, it, it was it was quite funny. I think the, the Sheed um, injury really uh-huh. tipped me over. Like, I think I think when, when I read that, I think I started laughing. Like, I, I was just like, God, that's just not – it's just unbelievable, the, the luck. Um, but, you know, yeah, I was, I, was, um, I was heartened by the effort, but I, I feel like w- – there's a lot of people calling for for Simpson to play kids, and now we're going to get that out of necessity, um, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to get what we want. And I think we're going to see why maybe he wasn't doing that, um, not to the extent that we, you know, with all the the ins that are coming in. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's the it's been a bit of a dark week, but I think. It's with first Simo on on three sixty. I think he's been front and center a fair bit, you know, and and actually trying to address and and he's he hasn't been you know defeated in himself. So which has been promising for the fans at least. But there was some interesting stuff about Natanui coming out, which I'm sure we'll cover a little bit later. Um, yeah, we um, might get to that, that one. Yeah, it was um, all right. <laughs> we might get to that one in heroes and villains because. Uh... A little bit of stuff from the club that's been quite good this week, which, Keys, I know you and I talked about at length on Monday, but a few little things creeping back in that maybe we don't love. Anyway, let's let's leave things off here with Heroes and Villains. As I said, uh, we are going to do Heroes and Villains tonight. We will also talk this Easter Sunday clash with the Melbourne Demons. We'll start with that, and if you guys have any heroes, if you've got any villains in the comments as well, let us know you're here. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, and I'll leave things off with Heroes. Um, a, a quick one from me would be Tim Kelly. You know, I, I think if we had done it all in one show this week, we might have had a few Heroes going around for all the boys, how they battled and tried on uh, last Sunday in the Derby. But Tim Kelly, for me, uh, 
has come in for a lot of flack. Obviously, we all know the price we paid for him. Strictly speaking, I don't know that it's his fault as such that we paid the price that we did. But ultimately, you know, that's a price tag that's going to follow him around for a bit, and rightly so. I actually think he's delivered on it. I actually think he's been one of our better mids, if not our best mid, since he rocked up. Problem is, his arrival has corresponded, you know, lined up nicely with the club just going right down the toilet. So he gets uh, a little bit of flack for that. But you know what, Keys? He can only do what he can do. He's had a great start to the season. Round one, I actually thought was not too bad. I know he came in for some heat for it, but undisputed rounds two and three, he's been a really, really prominent feature in our side. 17th, uh, sorry, 17 total coaches votes so far through four rounds, and he is currently fourth in the entire league for that. Uh, it's nice to see, at the very least. It is it's very nice to see from TK, and long mate, continue, case. Yeah, there was actually a really good article written by Mark Duffield that came out, I think it was, that sort of addressed the Eagles' drop-off since, certainly since 2020, mm. and it sort of went through, a lot of it sort of focused on the unavailability of Nat Nui McGovern, uh, Yo and Shuey as mm. six of their last seven best and fairest winners and how many games they'd lost and sort of looked at what their age was and and then sort of addressed how people have said, oh, the Eagles should have, you know, maybe rebuilt earlier and things like that. And it actually pointed out that the age of the players at the end of 2020 wasn't that silly, um, but the unavailability of the best players was... A, but he also, in the article, also touched on Tim Kelly and they said, and he basically made the point that um, Kelly is best as a attacking mid that gets forward and things like that. Um, and because those guys, particularly through the midfield with Nat Nui, Yo and Shui, he hadn't had the guys working at the coalface to that would would have allowed Kelly to take advantage of their work. And he's had he's had to play a different role, and he hasn't had the people to help him look good. So it was actually a fair point, and I think yeah, you know, Kelly cops a, a lot of flack for things that perhaps were outside his control. Um, my hero would be Campbell Chesser. I think young guy, um, had a bit of a rough introduction to AFL, struggled to find the footy. Yeah. Um, arguably, you know, might have been better being put through the waffle to begin with, but the club sort of showed faith in him, gave him the opportunity, stuck with him, gets a knee injury sort of halfway through the second quarter that had Shuey not already been subbed out, he probably would they probably would have subbed him out. Um, keep him out there, runs fifteen and a half Ks on a mm. on a fucked knee. Um and I actually thought his second half was probably the best half he's played in out of the three games. So you know, he, he fought through and it shows that the kid's got a fair bit of character and probably probably indicator of why the, the club is so high on him um, and gave him those chances when, you know, maybe some people would have, you know, sent him back. But so he's he's mine out of a... Yeah, you know, there was plenty of players that were brave on the on the weekend. Mm. No, nah, and I saw the running stats as you pointed out. I think it was, yeah, fifteen and a half k's was the number one distance covered on the field. So not only did he spend some time on the bench when he was off, but he's also then come back on on one leg. So fair play to him, and, and good luck to him on that. Uh, Bender for yourself, any heroes of the week? Uh, mine's more of a preemptive heroes, and that will be the uh, Beagles on the weekend running okay. out with a total of five, if that, listed AFL players. Just because mm. I think you know, two weeks ago they were rubbing their hands together thinking this is the preseason we wanted to have this is the season that we're we're looking forward to with a healthy list and they've just been cut down and I mean, you know as bad as it is for us it's terrible for them to to think that it's going to be a bunch of ammos a couple of of uh, people that couldn't make the first team despite being decimated um and they're mm. just going to have to wear a few pastings you'd think for at least the first half of the year until we start getting some boys back so i think we talked about this earlier you know a couple of weeks ago what was the ladder last year the eagles reserves will last one win 17 losses 
a percentage of 49. And that is a reflection of the fact that it's an amateurs team playing in a state league comp uh, due to the availability, obviously. And, and we were really excited for them to have 13, 14 guys running around, you know, maybe 10 on a lean week and things like that. They have been gutted. So good luck to them and, and fingers crossed that things go all right. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk about the Eagles uh, AFL game coming up and a lot of guys getting a good opportunity in that as well. So fingers crossed with that. Uh, Miguel Sanchez, the great man in the comments, has anyone asked whether Chess's knee injury is worse than it would have been if he'd been pulled out of the game? Keys, I reckon you alluded to that in terms of he he would have been the one subbed out. I think we can all probably say that with a bit of certainty. Uh, They all seem to say that, you know what, there actually wasn't any extra damage, any extra risk to some of these guys. Given that Ryan's now out for so long, he went back on Chesser. It's a valid question. I don't know that we know the answer case but it's certainly a valid question yeah i don't think we'll we'll ever know the answer to that um there's a logic that dictates that probably he did make it worse mm. but i'm not i'm not a sports scientist so i don't know the specifics of the injury or anything like that um probably a nice segue into our first villain of the week let's do it which, which i think is um yeah, probably as much the way the club communicates on injuries, um, it sort of came out today. Simpson sort of begrudgingly said, uh, you know, that knew he was always going to be out for a long time. But, you know, they played the rinky-dink uh, week, you know, maybe this week, maybe next week, when they really knew all along that it was going to be four to five weeks initially at least. And then... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's now turned into something that's you know perhaps mid-season at best, and there's no there's no real guarantees around that. So I think I'm not going to have a go at the, at the sports science guys because um, they're not the ones that communicate directly to the to the fans as such. That comes through. Um, that comes through the club hierarchy, and I think mm. even even Simpson alluded to the thing that, that saying what he was was a pain in the ass because he was sick of the question. So um, you know that decision to not come clean, I suppose, with the Nat Nui injury is is something that's come from well, from Trevor Nisbet. Really, that's where you've got to to think maybe in consultation with with Simpson and things like that. But it's 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 been a long standing gripe that many of us had. With the injuries, they're pretty opaque about mm. what they what they let fans know, and I think um, what the Nat Nui thing does is actually undermines the faith in what we're getting told. So if they came out and said, "Yep, categorically playing Chester through that injury didn't hurt it," well, then in the back of your mind, you're going, "Well, you say that, but is that really the truth?" Because mm. you know they've they- got. They've done well to build up some good faith. And now, like you say, because of their history and because of doing it again, you're like, oh, bugger, we're back to this, are we? Yeah. So it it, it sort of, yeah, I I thought we made some good strides over the off season um, uh, in terms of our communication and things like that. But then that Mm. new one just, but I I mean, there's a thing where uh, I think with, I don't think it's limited to us. I think it's like an AFL wide type thing that clubs aren't. Yeah aren't particularly forthcoming. I think if you only have to look down the road and you see the uh, Ring of Rosie that Fremantle are playing with five plantar fascia, uh, whatever it is, um, I think that's that's very, very much a similar situation to what we've done with Nat Nui. Um, you know, those it, it's hard for the clubs because those the plan effect and Achilles they're tricky injuries, mm. so they're hard to hard to define exactly how long they're going to be out for. But I think with something like Nat Nui, and I think with Fife as well, for that matter, not that I really want to 
stick my beak into what Fremantle are doing. But I think fans would be happier if they came out and said, look, this is a tricky injury. We're trying to manage it as best we can, but it's a tricky it's a tricky one to get on top of. We actually don't know what time frame exactly it's going to be, but we yeah. do know that it's going to be, it's not going to be anytime soon. And we're doing our best, but we might not be able to give you an accurate uh, assessment of how long you'll be out for until things settle. Um, and then you walk around and go, yeah, okay, well, we don't, you understand what the injury is. And Fife is like the planner issue with Fife again. That's a, that's a difficult one to manage. I mean, Rob Harvey jumped you off a chair to snap it. Yeah, try and get it done um, cleanly and fix it you know, all up. Because he was sick, because it was like, like I'm sick of the pain. I'll just snap the fucking thing and I'll be done with it. And um, whatever happens, longer term happens. So it's it's not like oh, we need you know if they come out and say it's going to be ten weeks and then it works out to thirteen or fourteen that you're going to hang them. But just be mm. let tell us what 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 you know. If you don't know, say we don't know. Yeah, I think their concern was, yeah, and it's a silly game to play when it winds up like this. I think they didn't want to take the wind out of the sails. And as you said, we we were giving them praise in the offseason because there was a lot more clarity and a little bit more openness. It was all nice to see. But yeah, this is uh, certainly one that undoes a little bit of the goodwill. Uh, Comment from Kim, just going quickly back to Tim Kelly. Uh, thinks Tim Kelly's going to get better because he's coming in now. And when he came in before, basically the team already knew their role. Uh, now that he's coming in and we're sort of almost starting fresh here, we can build a bit of a role around him. And it's an interesting point. We've certainly got a few yeah. uh, coal face sort of in the middle, midfield bulls, whatever you want to call them. And we'll get a chance to see them earlier. Oh, sorry, later on in the week as well, hopefully. Nice and early in their career, they can, I agree they can do that. a bit of work. I agree with that. And I think we've changed his role this year, which is mm. a part of why he's had those good games. <laughs> good to see Bombard back in the chat says Fife has a secondary case of wanker Fifeitis. Not bad. That's all part of that. Fair bump. Right. Uh, Bombard is hero of the week. <laughs> yeah, hero of the week. Bombard is getting another rap two episodes in a row. Uh, Bender, there was a couple of league-wide villains this week. Uh, Miguel sent a few through earlier when we were having a bit of a pre-podcast chat. The descent decision is certainly one of them. The, the descent around Coniglio and then the, the umpire uh, department, I suppose, backing that one in over in the Giants-Carlton game. That's a bit of a weird one. And uh, Miggs also didn't like the angles that they were using on the Foxtel broadcast. So any and all uh, nominations for villains this week. Bender, did anyone in particular do wrong by you this week? Uh, I think Keys covered it pretty well with, with my main one, but the Descent one was just was horrible. I, I couldn't mm. believe it when I saw it. Um, that was just, it was just taking it too far. Even the... The the fifty meter one, even if it was, even if he reacted like that, and they gave a fifty against Canelio for for reacting like that, I would have said it was too much. Let alone a free kick in front of goals to give the other position team the lead when the game is in the balance. Mm. You, you don't want that stuff. But I'm not sure if the umpire maybe thought he was in a different situation where he, you know, that it was more of a penalty in terms of a fifty, but then realised that he paid a free because I didn't even realise oh. there was like a free kick for descent. Like I thought it, it just seems completely made up. I always thought was a 50 meter penalty if anything but uh, it was just that that was my bugbear for the week and I, I couldn't believe it and it just makes you think like you got to have some sort of emotion and Cornelio's was was so soft as mm. well it wasn't like I, he's touching the think, ground and yelling with stuff because there was no it was I, I think what was worse worse than this, the decision which was bad mm. was the AFL's response to it yeah like shocker they've, they've, they've written a full like a I mean that was a page out of the script from Yes Minister um it was Yes, Minister was a satirical input for those yeah. that are younger than 50. Um, <laughs> uh, it, 
it was a whole lot of nonsense that didn't actually clear it up and basically boiled down to, well, umpires are going to interpret it differently and if you accidentally piss one off, well, you're going to get a free kick paid against you. Um, they mentioned and- in the statement as well, they said, oh, well, you know, it's an emotional sport and they're all going to do things differently. But they even alluded to the fact, they said, well, umpires are going to have different emotional responses. And it's like, right, but yeah. you have to recognise that the players are going to have emotional responses. So you yeah. can't be good for one and not good for the other. You know, umpires are in a tough spot, yeah. I know, but that was, yeah, yeah breathtaking. Yeah. Breathtaking. So it, it, it's kind of, and can they, and then, I mean, they've sort of doubled, Actually, Adam Kingsley was pretty good during the week because the umpire in the part turned around and said, well, Canelo was having a crack at the umpires all day. And Kingsley turned around and said, that's just a complete load of shit. He wasn't doing anything. And, and he's right. Canelo is one of the nicer players in the in the comp. I mean, mm. you know, if it was if it was Trent Cotchin or Jack Rewalt or something like that, you go, yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, or Toby Green. Time, yeah, I it's probably time it caught up with them, but you know, it's just the whole thing was bollocks. Yeah, very strange, very strange. Uh, a couple of comments coming through, which we will save for the Melbourne preview. We will get to that very shortly. Uh, just reading off the notes, as I said, Miguel sent a few through because he had a, he had the gun barrel loaded this week in terms of who he didn't like. Uh, a, bit, a bit of a cursory nomination for whatever Kane Corns or Caro or Matthew Lloyd or any of them have said this week. I thought Matthew Lloyd on Footy Classified the other day was pretty much talking more shit than I've ever seen him talk, and that's very special. We've touched on him a few times already this short season. He was going through, they were going through the Eagles, where are they at? Obviously, the injury was the talking point, but he's rehashing all the old, like, oh, well, they shouldn't have been topping up. They were trying too hard to top up. Why, why didn't they embrace the rebuild sooner? This is what happens when you don't, you know, cut to the bone and all this sort of stuff. It's sort of comparisons to Hawthorne. And the example he used was, well, why did they bring in Alex Witherden? Why did they bring in Jaden Hunt? Who, what does that help? How is that helping them get better? It doesn't suit their age profile, etc. Alex Witherden was 22 when we got him to replace Lewis Jetta, who, no, I'm not, not single-handedly by any stretch, but played a very pivotal role in us winning a flag and being a bit of a powerhouse. You get taking a 22-year-old very cheap punt on replacing a crucial role to your game plan. Easy. Easiest decision in the world. And I know it hasn't panned out. I'm not an Alex Witherden guy so much. I actually think his last few weeks have been pretty good, but that's beside the point. It's the easiest list management decision in the world. And the Jaden Hunt one, well, you might as well just go on TV and go, I haven't watched the Eagles play footy this year. Because Jaden Hunt's been, I wouldn't even say quietly one of our best. He's just been one of our best. So... Lloydy, you can piss off. Uh, all the footy, class- uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a footy classified guy, but geez, late, every week late, they find something. Late nomination for an unlikely hero out of that was um, Eddie Maguire. Yeah, it was odd, wasn't it? Who on the back end, on the back end of that clip, made more sense in ten seconds than all of those other clowns on it made in two minutes. He actually Nicely said, done. "Well, the Eagles, Eagles know what they're doing. They go down, they come back up. They know what they're doing. Leave them alone." Um, there's a little bit more to it than that, but that's essentially what you said. It was like, "Fuck, that's Eddie. Jesus Christ, mm. he knows what's going on." So. If he knows, can't be that bloody unobvious. Nah, well, we talk about it all the time where you next week it'll be us and we wouldn't have cut deep enough and how come we've kept all these veterans? The following I, week it'll I, be Hawthorne. They've cut to the bone too far. What a job, a tank job and blah, blah, blah. So whatever, is in, what it in, is. In response to Kim, I'm on the Quans mm. boycott. I don't click or read anything that has him in it. Yeah, just don't click. Simple as I that. Just, I just stay. I, sometimes I'll hear someone will post a transcript, but nothing he does... I um I link to I'm just boycott him in it's a complete fuckwit don't click don't comment just get your news from us that's all you need uh yep. villain of the week who's getting it and any uh any late nominees what? otherwise who's getting it uh and Damien Barrett who suggested that the um showdown oh how did I not lead with that yeah let's take the showdown to Victoria because <laughs> if it doesn't happen in Victoria it might as well have not have happened. 
And then when he said the MCG and all the panelists went, oh, no, nah, mate, you can't do that. He went, all right, we'll play it at Marvel then. What a fuck? Yeah, that's pretty special. That might get it. I know the Eagles have, you know, messed around with Nick Nat's injuries, but that might get it for me. Bender, your thoughts? Uh, I'm with you on the Barrett one. It was just idiotic. I don't even know what he's... What is, is everyone from Adelaide driving over, are they? They're coming over to watch their own team play in a different state and pay for hotels it's just because they have a bigger ground. I don't understand. It's, it's just... It's just complete I, I mean even last last night I even there was people from tw- on from Victorians commenting on how biased the commentary was in favour of Collingwood yeah. and it was like there was people from going is this how bad it is every week when there's a night and it's like fuck that's what it's always it is. like every can't week be fuck, I can't be fucked sending people to the outside of Victoria to the commentary so they're doing it off a TV screen it's just the whole way that they relate to it um, and even I, I can't remember who it was I did talk one comment that said uh, there because the complaints because the the St Kilda Essendon game was played on free to air in preference yep. to the showdown. And someone said, oh, yeah, well, because no one's interested in the showdown because it doesn't involve any Victorian clubs. So, of course, they're going to show their Victorian clubs. I was like, fucking get your fucking heads out of Victoria, you dumb fucking I reckon well, that'll do it. For I reckon that's fine. <laughs> I reckon you sign off with that one there. Round four, here we go. It's Easter Sunday. We need a bit of a miracle. Can the Eagles come back? Because uh, they got absolutely crucified last I'm going to stop with this analogy. But anyway, the Eagles got injured. They're blind to the hits. Seven outs, seven ins. The average age bender of the team has come down by over a year as Keys cracks open another beer, such as the long week we might be in for. Uh, yeah, the average age of the Eagles list this week, Bender, has come down by a year compared to last week with the Derby. Uh, the game's experience has come down by 16 games, and there are 10 players running out on the weekend who have played 50 or fewer games in total. I mean, I can go through the ins and outs, but I don't know that we've actually got that long left. I might just splash them up on the screen. Bender, what are your initial thoughts, feelings, fears about this game and and really I suppose what lens do we watch this through as Eagles fans knowing that potentially the result might not actually go the way we want it to yeah I brushed on it earlier about us um finally we're getting what we want in terms of Sibo play the kids um so Mm. we're getting that um I'm look I'm not in any wasn't wasn't under any illusions if we had a full list about us toppling Melbourne anyway so I thought we were going to lose um so Mm. maybe it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different it's going to be less of an expectation I think takes the pressure off a bit um, and um, I'm excited to see the kids play. And I, I think we, we were talking about it before. A little bit questionable about Clark and West coming in. Um, I think they're very similar players. Uh, maybe West's got a bit more toe. Clark's got a bit more skills. Um, but I would have liked to have seen Petch come in to play forward. Uh, I think considering we're losing Cripps and, and Ryan, I think he's got a bit more forward craft than those two. Um, but excited to see Carly and off for their first runs. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Cully. Uh, I know he hasn't been rushed in, but there was all that talk over the preseason with him. So I think we were kind of, I, I don't know if we were tricked or misled into thinking that he was going to be the certain starter that he hasn't been, even though he's obviously hasn't mm. been quite 100%. But then he's he looks really fit. Then he's come back through the waffle. Um, I would have thought he would have been straight back in based on that mail from the preseason. But it's just great to see him come in. But Edwards, he's a little bit of a forgotten man as well. Um, to come in and, and play. Um, I think he was promising in his first season because he missed a lot of last year, didn't he? Did he miss 
Dollar last year with OP oh, or whatever it was. Yeah, he bobs okay. up and he does. You go, oh, this kid's yeah, this might be something. You know, I'm not saying like midfield solution forever, but you you see him and you go, yeah, that's kind of something. And then he just gets injured again. You know, he played round two, three, and four last year. Played the back end of 2021, but he just he misses these huge stretches of footy, unfortunately. So fingers crossed. Hopefully, this is another well, good run for last, him. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, I'll touch on on Yo. Um, mm. I'm unsure about him coming straight back in. That's about where I'll leave it, and I'll let Keys have his opinion on, on the team, I think. Yeah. yeah I, I wonder. Think, yeah. yeah. Firstly, with Cully, um, he got untimely calf injury, like just before round one that he sort of dazed him back through, um, and then he injured a shoulder in one of the uh, in one of the waffle scratch matches. Um he played the following week, but he had to go through fitness tests and things like that. So I think there's there's a couple of legit reasons why Cully hasn't hasn't like come back in prior to now. Um, Yo, yeah, I think the concerns with Yo are there. Um, I heard Simpson in his press conference said, "Well, he's been out for three weeks because he played in the Adelaide uh, scratch, uh, preseason game, so he's missed three weeks yeah. of footy. So it's not it's not a huge amount out. And as much as we sort of gave the communication on injuries and stuff like that a bit of a whack earlier, um, my observations over what I've seen pre-season is they have been pretty cautious with players when they've picked up in, they've been pretty quick to pull them out um, when it looks like there might be something wrong and then they've they've eased them back into it so I've got it's more of a vibe thing but I've got a little bit more confidence that he's right to come back in than I would have been last year so uh, uh, and then yeah I sort of uh, agree with what Ben has said. We, we're going to see we're going to see the young guys and it's I, I wrote on the post I put up on Big Footy for the game preview. Mm. We kind of get it's a bit of a parallel universe. We wanted to you know a lot of a lot of people wanted to see some of the older guys moved on at the end of last year or there's some guys that we want to see. And the club resisted it. But Nat Nui, McGovern, Cripps and Shuey are half of our 30-plus players. Mm. Um, so we go into this. Hearn, Gaff, Darling and Yo, who hasn't actually turned 30 yet. He does that later in the year. They're our plus 30s. So for those that sort of campaign for a, a deeper list cut and everything like that, including the fuck knuckles in the media like Matthew Lloyd, this is what, what happens on Sunday is what you would get if the club went down the path you were wanting to. Outside of the four older players that are missing, um, Ryan and Sheed are the only clear best 22 players. Mm. And to be honest, there's been plenty of plenty of fans asking for Sheed's head after the first three rounds that wanted him dropped either. So so in, in a sense, the team that runs out on Sunday is the side that a lot of people were hoping or, or the side they would have got if some of the things that they wanted done were done. So, um, yep, young side, we get to um, we get to look at young guys. They'll get tested. Mm. Um, my concern is... I, I would have played Petricelli um, in lieu of one of the other guys. I'm not digging... Pick, but I, I think we we miss we'll, we miss Petch, but a lot of people aren't fans of him either. Um, I'm worried about not having Rotham in the 22. I was um, surprised by that, even just from a versatility point of view. I think he might wind up. We, the we, we've gone uh, Bailey Williams, Tom Barras, Oscar Allen, and Jack Darling mm. are our only genuine tall slash keep. And Darling's 191 or 192 centimeters, so there's plenty of midfielders that are taller than him nowadays. So he's not mm. a genuine tall. So we've gone in. With a with a really small side, I mean Melbourne don't 
don't have Melbourne, with, especially with Brown and Gorn not playing, Melbourne don't have a particularly big forward line. They've got Van Ruin and Tom McDonald's come back in. So they're not, they're not big up front. Average height, um, Keys, just across the team, we are still actually 188 compared to 185. So a, a solid amount taller across a team full of 22 guys. But yes, it's not certainly not land of the Giants for us. That surprised me. Um, but then we've got guys like, um, I mean, Waterman's plays sort of as a tall, but he's not really a tall. But I would mm. have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have seen Rotham in the side because I think he could have taken um, either Van Ruin or maybe even Fritsch, the Hitler youth kid. Um, <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I think with... Uh, Williams is a bit of a doubt with a with a knee issue, so I won't be surprised in the slightest if there's a late change on Sunday with Williams out and Rotham in to lead the ruck. To anyway. lead it with him and Waterman, the big one-two punch. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll... So, yeah, that's uh, that's where I see it. But we've gone. Look, we've gone with a side that's got plenty of run. Um, I mean, Melbourne are one of the better running sides in the comp, so uh, I don't mind the idea of attacking them at their strength. Mm. Um, because I think if we went in with a tall side against Melbourne, we'd be in danger of being overrun anyway. So at least we've gone and and matched them for for run, if uh, if not talent necessarily at this early stage of some of our guys' young careers. Yeah, and not to sound defeatist, I mean, comments coming through, somebody saying that a 50-point loss might be considered a bit of a win and 100-point predictions and this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, heard a rumour Bailey Williams hurt himself. There's a good question here, actually, uh, which we will get to in a little bit, just about Bailey Williams. Not so much him, generally, the, the health of the ruck division. Uh, Jay's asking, is Yo going to play down back? And I suspect he'll do a bit of both. Uh, we've got a lot of midfielders, and you've both touched on it, but it's a very midfield-heavy team. It's not really forwards are forwards and backs are backs and mids are mids. They've, they've Thrown a lot of mids around the place. So, what do you reckon? Simpson, Simpson, Simpson said today in his press conference that um, he expects that Yo will rotate off half back. Yeah, excellent. Um, I mean, he, he, he's been playing. Referred to, he, he referred to the Jimby, Shuey, Yo, Ringer, Ringer, Rosie in preseason and said they perhaps look to replicate that. So, I don't know with Shuey missing, I don't know who the third wheel in that might be. But um, mm. uh, yeah, he, he definitely expects to see Yo at half back during uh, a decent amount of the game. I would thought uh Hoff I'm rapt to see Hoff we all know and we all love him uh good to see him back Hunt has been playing almost exclusively as a winger does that not relegate but you know does that push Hoff back to the halfback flank where he's been playing for the waffle you potentially uh but he has been named on the wing so that's sort of exciting I know they liked West up forward in the preseason it was always a bit of an odd one for me but genuinely I think one of the highlights of last year was Connor West just from a fan experience point of view going to the games watching the Eagles you turn up, you'd watch him lose by 10 goals at least. Connor West was actually one of the more fun ones and he's, you know, Kay doesn't have the haircut anymore, but he's out there and he's tackling and he's trying and it's just, it's fine. I'm very happy to see him get a chance. Clark needs to have a look this year. We need to see what we've got in him because there's a list decision to be made there. Everybody's wrapped to see Cully back. So look, there's plenty of things to watch for and and uh, Bender, you know, I don't know that we're expecting much by way of a result, but what we can expect, I hope, is a match of some effort, a few interesting things, you know, do they put Jinby on Clayton Oliver? as I've seen suggested. Follow him around, mate. Go see how they play. What do we what do we do with Cully? What do these guys look like? So uh yeah, Bender, I mean I know the result might be one way or the other, but uh there's certainly gonna be plenty of stuff worth looking forward to from an Eagles point of view. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Um it's it's all you can ask for. You know, like it's 
it's at least something to get excited about or have an idea about. But um, look, it's it's going to be tough to sit through. I reckon uh, somewhere around the halfway through the third, the legs are going to start going on our younger players or our underdone players, and against a, a decently fit side like Melbourne, and, and it might get a bit ugly. But you know, there's there are positives. Hopefully, we can take out and um, at least exposure to experience. And like you said, playing against some of the better players in the comp and matching off them. But I think um, with, with our lack of tools, seeing that that Brown is out, but Tom McDonald's come in which sort of evens it up but I don't think McDonald's quite as good on the lead as, as Brown is but uh, I don't know um, yeah and Pickett as well I think we, mm. we didn't lose too many from our back half did we besides I mean McGovern obviously but um, our defence in terms of smallers we get you know yeah. kind of should yeah, be okay can, can, but yeah I can see Jones getting pushed forward a little bit with the way that yeah the way the side's been named, I mean, Jones was named in the back line, but um, with the way the side looks with Hoff coming in and, and that, I can see Jones maybe getting pushed forward, perhaps. Um, Simpson did say Clark's been knocking down the door and was, out of all the guys coming in, he was the first picked. So his Exciting. WA form, um, his waffle form's been good. I know over the pre-season when I watched, he was actually, he looked pretty good. Um, so, and he's got a, he's got a mature body, so he'll be able to... I mean, the thing with Clark is the, the, the question mark with him has been why are we play him on the wing and not inside, yeah. um, which is a valid question because he's built for, got the build for inside and he's chosen to play him outside, which is a bit of a bit of a mystery as to why that's the case. How they use him, I'd be very surprised if he lies on a half forward because not half forward. Um, he's more likely on a wing. Um, uh, but... You know, we just need to go in there and have a have a dip best we can. Yeah. Uh, in some respects, I wouldn't mind seeing Cully get thrown on. One thing about Cully, he's got is a bit of he's got a bit of mongrel in him. Very much so. so yeah. I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind him playing on the feather duster. Um, and and given we we've seen before. Oliver doesn't particularly like it when guys go at him. So, you know, so what? Throw colours. Go, go and get him. Get him from fucking... From the opening bounce, just add him all the time. Add him, add him, add him. And then maybe throw... Uh, you know, put Gimby towards someone like um, uh, Petrarca. Because, I mean, Gimby has the pace and the explosiveness to go with Petrarca and do the... Just, just, say, just, just try and disrupt him a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think... I, I don't really... I think with Bender, I think we can probably push them for a while, but eventually it's one of those things that that class will tell and we'll get we'll get found out. I think um, regardless of where Bailey Williams plays or not, I think that mm. um, we'll get found out in the ruck with Grundy. And I think I mean we did a pretty good job in the midfield against uh, Fremantle with a losing ruck. I think the difference is is that the Freo midfield is still a little bit dysfunctional, um, whereas the Melbourne midfield is is actually humming along quite nicely. And we saw last night what um, what Brisbane did to Collingwood with a with a dominant ruck against a part-timer, and I fear that we might see a, a replica of that on, on Sunday with Gr- Grundy just sort of pushing it down the throats of, you know, Oliver Petrucca and Viney, that's a pretty good midfield group. You know, that's as... Probably as good as there is in the comp at the moment, so um, we're we're up against it. And Grundy can ruck. Grundy can ruck pretty much a whole game too. So and and creatively a little. I mean, Darcy's a bit brute force, but Grundy's quite creative at his best. Certainly has been over the years. Um, Keys, you've actually sort of preemptively answered. I was gonna. We've got one last question before we get into some tips. Uh, 
comes from Greg. He says, evening, gents. Uh, I don't have an issue with the Nick Nat story being covered up. I think as a club, we need to keep some things close to the chest. What I do have an issue with and what hasn't got enough airtime for my liking is the ruck we now have. We've lost the hit outs the last two weeks considerably and no doubt we will on Sunday. I, I don't know that you'd get much disagreement there either, Greg. Uh, I don't have an answer on what to do though because if we start throwing in any old ruck without consistency, we'll get nowhere fast. Bender, uh, a few little stats, I suppose, and then I'll get your thoughts on that because... Uh, Keys has, has just sort of gone through it as well, what we're kind of expecting on Sunday. From a Melbourne point of view, they're the number one scoring team in footy. They tackle the second most of anyone. They go inside 50, the third most of anyone. So it looks like an offensive juggernaut, certainly is. But nonetheless, 17th in clearances per game. And we saw last week Frio uh, 18th in clearances per game. The Eagles, despite the hit-out demolition that they've been facing over the last couple of weeks, and especially last week, they've not done too badly in the clearances. They were plus four against the Giants, minus four against Frio, uh, minus four at stoppages, and, you know, they're even around the ground, so minus four in total. They're manufacturing a way to find the footy, even though they're not dominating the ruck, Bender. I suppose for me, we've talked about Bailey Williams a bit on the show. I think you've just got to keep backing him in. If it was Jamison and Jamison was fit, maybe it's him. Maybe you back him in. But whoever's playing needs to get a look from a list management point of view, from a development point of view. But Bender, even given we're probably going to get thumped in the hitouts, there's surely a path towards having some sort of competence in in the midfield and, and sort of navigating this ruck dilemma a little bit better. Uh, what what are we? Who else are we going to play? That's the yeah. question. We can't we can't throw Barnett in like you know even if he if he was say you know his form warranted it I wouldn't want him to play because he's just going to end up wearing it further on in his career whatever bashing mm. he's going to get now um, like you said Jamison's is is not up to it right now I'm not sure is he still missing Waffle this weekend Yes yeah yeah still out um, then you yeah. then no no Nui so what what are we going to do We got to play Williams and look I think he's I don't think you've, you've it's surprisingly our midfield much like the finals we always go back to the two. 2018 finals and we talk about how we our ground ball work and our contested ball work got better without Nad Nui. Um, I don't know, is it a psychological thing where they where they know that they got to match up better at the at the base of, of Williams than they do with Nad Nui? I don't, I don't know what it is but I, I, it, I don't know. It's like a Something that you you want you want worked out mm. that they should be able to they should be lighting up to be able to compete when the ball hits the deck they shouldn't be sitting waiting for it to fall in their laps and I think that's been a problem with the Eagles of the past and I think it's something they've addressed somewhat this year and you can see the difference in the in the midfield run especially with Ke- when Kelly's concerned because he's like you said he's more offensive he's not playing that extractor role that he, he probably shouldn't be playing anyway so mm. yeah look it's it's an interesting stats that you pumped out there um, but it doesn't make me feel any better about, about Sunday, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, our, our rock situation is what it is. I mean, um, we're light on. We've got Nat Nui, who's, you know, he's injured. I'm sure they didn't plan for him to be injured. They maybe could have foreseen that that was a risk. They went with him anyway. We've got Williams and Jamison. We drafted Barnett. Um, there's an argument, valid argument, that we maybe should have chased a, a more mature-bodied ruck in the, in the off season just gone mm-hmm. um we went after meek but he wanted to go back to victoria and he went to hawthorne okay. um if you have a look around the league there's not a lot there's actually not a lot of ruck depth league-wide Collingwood would have gone through it because they got rid of grundy and now they've lost cameron and mason cox out so their their ruck stocks are even thinner than ours so um so there's actually not a lot of rucks across the league which means last off season there wasn't a lot on there wasn't a lot on offer and and, you know, we could have gone after Jackson, you know, but we didn't because he would have cost too much. 
And, you know, if we had gone after Jackson, there would have been all sort. you know, look at how he's gone at Fremantle and the criticism would be copping if we went for Jackson last off-season. So yeah. um, we've got to make do what we've got. Williams and Jamison are both very raw. They've both shown glimpses. Some of it's... Williams, last fortnight, you go, okay, I think good work. One of the things I like about, and, and what I liked about Williams' games against Fremantle is he was compared to, he lost most of the ruck knockouts, mm. but he wasn't, Darcy wasn't getting his own, he, Darcy was getting his hand to the ball first, mm. but he wasn't controlling the ruck because Williams was at least competing. And when the ball hit the ground, one of the things that Williams hasn't been good at was getting his body in the way and getting on his hands and knees and getting dirty. He actually did that. He laid some tackles and, you know, he, he, he was, at a minimum, was disruptive around the contest after the ruck knock. So um, I think what's he, he's played less than 30 games, I think. Around um, that mark, yeah. So, you know, he's still learning. He's still growing into his body. Um, you know, he'll get better. We just, some, we've got to persist with him. Jamison, once he gets his ankle right and comes back, we've got to do the same with him. Um, Barnett, uh, I agree with what you said. Bender is like we, he's probably a bit too young. I don't want to see him getting thrown to the rule, the wolves. But um, Gavin Bell on SEN on Tuesday, I listened to him. Generally said they're really happy with what Barnett's doing in the waffle, um, and said he's perhaps not that far away. And someone else, someone else I listened to that pretty much backed that up. And might have been Josh Kennedy. I don't know. But they turn around and said they're they're really happy with Barnett and what he's what he's doing. So um, there was a there was a very good inference from Gavin Bell that it might be only a couple of weeks and we might see Barnett okay. um, come into the side. So um, you know this is the thing. This is where we're at. It's like okay, we've been spoiled as Eagles fans for about a quarter since Michael Gardner came to the club in '96. We've had 25 years of having one, sometimes two of the best five ruckmen in the league on our list. It was Gardner. Mm into Cox, into Nat Nui. And Ruck With, hasn't By the way, your CB's chopping out, even guys like Hickey, like Lysette. It has been yeah. a division where Sinclair, just spoiled. Yeah, we've, 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 all, we've always had at least one gun mm. and then we've all, we've, we've all generally managed to, to find a number two that's at least competent as a, as a backup. So... We've been spoiled for a long time. Okay, now we're going to have to deal with the fact that, you know, with Nat Nui on his on, on the way out, that, yeah, we're not going to have a dominant ruck division um, and might not have for, for many, many years. Because, Until Barnett's up and running, yeah. Yeah, and, and Barnett, as, as much as there's a lot of high hopes on Barnett, Barnett's um, he's only around the 200-centimetre mark, either just below or just above. So he's not a big behemoth ruckman, and he's maybe better suited as a as a forward ruck rather than a ruck forward. Um, so somewhere along the line, we're going to have to... Um, find a ruck and that might be Tim English through free agency at the end of next year at the end of 20 I'm not a big fan but maybe that's but we we're going to have to get used to the idea that we don't have an all-Australian ruckman on our list right let's get into some tips then I reckon and uh I think we'll all be pretty unanimous in what we might think the result's going to be I'm going to be a little bit adventurous and say the Eagles are only going to lose this one by six goals I, I don't know that I believe it. It's a pretty average thing to be trying to speak into existence if that's all we can hope for. But you know what? The balance of the team's a bit off. We all know it's a bit midfield heavy, but hopefully Yoey's back up and running. I'm wrapped to see Hoff again. I'm wrapped to see Cully. As Bender pointed out, you know, Edwards, it's just been going to be nice to see him play some footy. Hopefully he can get you know a few touches and stay 
stay healthy out there. It is what it is. You're going to be fixtured against some really, really good teams a couple of times a year. Just so happens that we're in a really rough spot at the moment and our turn is uh, is this Sunday. So, look, Melbourne are going to win. I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if it's that they take pity on us, but let's say they're only going to win by six goals. Uh, Bender, oh, my man of the match. Who's going to be man of the match? Bloody hell. Uh, Hunt, Jaden Hunt, revenge season. He's been good. There's going to be some wide open space out there. Let's, let's have a look, see if Jaden Hunt can get up and running. Bender, your tip, and uh, who are you looking out for on the weekend to impress us the most? I'm still, I'm still yet to technically tip against the Eagles on on this show. Okay, and because I, when I have tipped the Eagles in a negative points, I'm still technically yeah. tip, tipping them. So um, I'm going to go Smart. Eagles by minus eighteen, and I thought I was tipped well. Hey, what's going to happen? How is that? <laughs> I'm being look, I'm being optimistic. Um, Good man. And I think our oh look, the, I, I'm, instead of a best on ground, I think more most excited to see. I'm going to say Hoff. Um, yeah. Been, after putting on a bit of weight over the off season, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to and maybe you know increasing his tank because I think that was the biggest knock on him last year was his was perhaps his um, not his fitness. What's the word? I suppose when what, longevity. He'd, he'd come out of the gates and get ten possessions by quarter it's time very, and he'd finish on. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So um yeah, I think I'm I'm think I'm excited to see what how he's gone on over the off season, what he brings coming back in. Very nice. Keys, who's gonna win on the weekend? Please tell us. Uh, how much are they gonna win by and who do you want to watch? I, I think I think Melbourne will win. I think they'll win by about forty five. Okay. Uh if if we can if we can keep the margin to below five goals, I think that's a win. I think Melbourne are Melbourne are as good as any side in the comp right now. And if mm. if you if you lined up all 18 sides right now and said who will be in the grand final. Melbourne would be one of them. Um, I think they've got... They, they, they're actually trying to prove a point after... I think they were disappointed with last season and I think they're making up a bit like Richmond in um, 2019. I think they're trying to make up for lost ground because I think they feel like they lost an opportunity last year. Um, so they're humming along. They're fit. Um, Gorn... I don't know the Melbourne list all that. I reckon Gorn is probably the only genuine best per 22 player um, missing. I know Brown's missing, but I don't reckon... McDonald replacing Brown, I don't reckon they'll lose all that much. So mm. I don't know who else they've got out, but um, I think Gorn's about about it. And May's um, back in, which is huge for him, because that's, yeah, that's always May's a back big, in. Yeah. Um, the AFL did us such a nice favour by only giving Pickett two weeks. So he's back in. Oh, yeah, that's right, of course. Um, so, uh, so I think, yeah, look, if we can keep it under five goals, I'll, if you offered me a 28-point loss now, I'd probably take it, provided it wasn't 28 points because we kicked the last five goals. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, best player for us, I'll, I'll go down the bender path and say not not best player, but who I'm most. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Cully. Yep. I I watched him over preseason. He was tearing it up, and I reckon he'll come out with. Um, I reckon Simo might have been feeding him raw meat for a bit, and he's. <laughs> I think part of it might have been to just keep him out, making sure he was really ready and and fired up. And I reckon he'll come out. He'll come out wanting to um, show something, and that's why I I won't be unhappy to see him standing next to Oliver at the opening bounce. Just keep your elbows down, Jai. Keep them down, safe and sound on the actually, ground, please. Actually, tell you what, I'll take two weeks if he puts an elbow through that cunt skull. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I need games pumped into Cully. We can't be having that. No, no. Keep him down. Keep no, him down, I'll Jai. take the two weeks. 
I will. I'll take it. <laughs> Nicely done. There you go. All right. I reckon we'll leave it there uh, for tonight. Thank you, guys. We've got, yeah, Melbourne coming up on, on Easter Sunday and then uh, over to Adelaide. We've got a little bit of a, an away and away stand there in Adelaide over the next couple of weeks. So plenty to watch out for, plenty of the young kids to keep an eye on as well on the weekend. Look, as we've said a few times, it's going to be a journey. So uh, let's just enjoy it. We'll find some positives and we'll and we'll go along for the ride. Bender, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Nicely done. Uh, and Keys, nicely done as well. We've got uh, a few little comments no that Eagles. maybe we might... No, Cully. We, we might might not get sponsored by Disney after a few of the little F's and Jeff's over in the Heroes and Villains section, but that's okay. No worries. Go Jai Cully, go West Coast Eagles. And uh, guys, thank you very much for joining us on the show in the comments and all that good stuff. We'll talk to you next week at some stage. Fingers crossed for round four and go Eagles. Bye for now. Yeah.